Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this episode of the program? The stage is set. College football and Let's face it, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, every one of these conference championship games in the Power Five means something. I can't think of the last time all five meant something. I'm sure there's a year in there since we went to the expanded college football playoff a decade ago that all five were still in play, but all five are still in play. And there's a possibility, although I think Michigan losing, I think they would still get in, but I mean, a lot can shake out here this weekend. So the stage is set. No, what a stage it'll be. So we're going to look at this. I'm going to give you the best case scenario, what we're likely to get, and what is the nightmare um, for fans, for the people that consume this thing. I mean, everybody. I hope the committee has chaos. Why? So we get screwed in the games we watch? Why would we want that? Come on. Come on. Think. Think. Uh, So we have that. Also, uh, oh boy, A&M and Mississippi State hiring football coaches, Elko from Duke to A&M. And Levy from Oklahoma, offensive coordinator to Mississippi State. Going to give you our thoughts on those hires. Sunshine State swing as we look at the Bucks, the Finns, and, of course, the Jags as we hit the final month of the NFL season. And we wrap with a little NFL MVP masquerade. I'm going to give you the numbers. See if you can guess what quarterback it is. And there's actually two or three non-quarterbacks in this race. When's the last time we got to the last month of the regular season in the NFL and there were three non-quarterbacks in an MVP race? So we'll dive into that as well. Again, Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram, Harpon Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harpon Sports, of course, Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the bar, YouTube channel, and of course, HarponSports.com. Stage is set, college football. And oh, what a stage it is. You know, all five conferences in the Power Five have a shot to be in this thing. There are crazy scenarios where each one of those five could be left out. Louisville wins, Florida State, ACC's out. I have a tough time thinking how Oregon could win and then the Pac-12 could get left out, but you never know. Doubtful. To me, the, the conference that's got the most secure bid in all this is the Pac-12 because there's ways that Alabama could win and the SEC could get left out. Iowa winning, does Michigan get left out? See, different scenarios still play. And I, what if, 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 I, no, 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 that's another crazy man's podcast, not this one. But here's what I've come up with. What we're most likely to get, what would be the best scenario, and to me, what would be the lamest? I'm all going to go for the realistic possibilities, not the crazy stuff where all five conferences have five upsets in it. What do I think we're going to get? I think we're going to get Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Florida State. You can flip-flop Florida State and Oregon if you want. Now, there has been a precedent where you've had an undefeated team ranked behind a team with a loss. We have seen that in the past. But in this one, I because Cincinnati was undefeated, they were behind a team with a loss. But I don't see any scenario here in which Florida State wins and gets left out, and neither should they be. I tweeted this out after the Florida game from Florida State, and we're in a generational gap now where my generation winning divisions, um, winning conferences meant something. Now it's like, if you don't win a championship, it's a failure, which is too bad. And this is what I have to say about Florida state. 
they're winners, but they're not champions. That makes sense. They may win the ACC championship. They beat Florida because they know how to win. They're winners. They find ways to win. You can be a winner and not a champion. Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles, Jason Kelsey, the the Eagles are winners, but they weren't champions last year. Those things happen. And I look at Florida State as that. And with Rodemaker, what happened in the UNA game, how he looked totally out of sorts in the first quarter and a half against Florida. Then he started to figure it out a little bit. Florida State exerted their will and physically took over the game. And what they outscore Florida? Like 24 to 3, starting halfway through the second quarter to the rest of the game. So they kind of figured it out. They struggled in the first quarter against UNA. Well, once Jordan Travis got hurt. Now... You're going up against a Louisville squad, and Rodemaker now has, what, seven full quarters under his belt as a quarterback for Florida State, and he just got better and better and better. Who knows where he is by the time the 10th and 11th quarter round out against Louisville. So, yeah. And look, this Florida State team, you may say, well, they're not one of the top five teams in the country. They remind me of Cincinnati and Notre Dame the last five, six years. That's who they remind me of. Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Maybe to go back. Six, seven years ago, that Washington team that won the Pac-12 that lost Alabama by a couple touchdowns, that's who they remind me of. Remember, that's when Saban booted Kiffin and then turned around and lost to Clemson. So, to me, Florida State, Oregon, Michigan, Georgia, I think that's what we're going to get. Now, what's the best playoff scenario? The best playoff scenario in terms of games and programs and stature would be for Florida State to get beat. The best playoff would be Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Oregon 3, Texas 4. Could you imagine Texas and Georgia and Michigan and Oregon in the college football playoff? Could you imagine if we got that? Texas, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon? To me, that's the one that's the best scenario. That's the best one. Now, I know there's other... Well, what about Ohio State? I I know. I Well, what if this and this? No, 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 no. Don't want to do that. The, what we're going to get, I think we're going to get Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Florida State because I don't think Louisville is going to beat Florida State. I think Florida State runs the ball too well, and Louisville losing to Kentucky, I'm sure that they'll be fired up and ready to roll, but Florida State has got this whole world-against-us mentality, and I think Florida State's going to win. Because Florida State, and if you are Mike Norvell, you can just point to this and say, hey, look, they think you should not, you shouldn't even be in the college floor. You're going defeated, and they think you should be out. Let's remove all doubt. And for Georgia's sake, if they beat Alabama, which I think they will, we'll get to that later on in the week in that podcast, but Georgia... I better hope they drop Florida State because Georgia, what Georgia, you don't want any part of Oregon. No, none of these teams want anything to do with Oregon. If you're Georgia, you want Oregon and Michigan to play each other because I think those are the two teams that can beat Georgia. So there's where that sits. Speaking of sitting, uh, the SEC, oh boy, didn't sit long on the fence. Michigan State gets their guy from Oregon State, solid hire, guy that had success. Then you pivot and you look at what. AM, whether they struck out on stoops, however that went down, but hiring Mike Elko, that's the safe stable hire. Again, adults, everybody talks about splash hire, splash hire, splash. Children splash in pools, adults sit and soak in the jacuzzi. Splash, splash. Think about splash hires. Who are the splash hires? Jimbo Fisher, A&M. Splash hire. Lincoln Riley, USC, splash hire. What hires took place that people went, eh, hmm. Do you remember the Washington hire? Do you remember the Oregon hire? I guess Harbaugh would have been a splash. Ryan Day wasn't a splash at Ohio State. Was Norvell a splash at Florida State? Brom made sense at Louisville, but wasn't a splash. Sarkeesian wasn't a splash at Texas. So, the Elko to A&M, solid, stable, higher. 
look at him like I look at him <laughs> like oatmeal for breakfast. It's a good, stable, solid meal. You start throwing in spicy sausage and bacon and eggs. You you throwing Tabasco on it. You're starting to roll the dice. Um, Jeff Levy to Mississippi State. This makes sense. The Jeff Levy Mississippi State hire is the same thing that they did when they hired Dan Mullen away from Florida. Offensive coordinator from a program that scores a lot of points. Okay, what do we do? They go hire Jeff Levy from Oklahoma, score a lot of points. Here we go. It's a smart hire. Schools like Mississippi State, you know, I understand why they have to hire coordinators. I, like Michigan State, I, I like what they did in their hire. I thought Michigan State, Jason Candle at Toledo may be a good fit, but who knows how this ends up. I IU will be all over him, at least they should be. I know there's rumors that John Gruden to Indiana, come on, never going to happen. But I, I don't know what's going to happen now with Candle, but both, both Mississippi State and A&M made good, strong, solid hires. I think they're like four programs in the SEC that – Trying to hire head coaches, you can afford, I shouldn't say afford, going the coordinator route, I get it. Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, going the coordinator route, I get it there. Maybe even Kentucky going a coordinator route, which they did with Stoops. Those three programs are, okay, I understand the coordinator route. Ole Miss, maybe to some extent. I know that the last few coaches they've hired have been head coaches. I, I get that. There's certain programs that should always hire head coaches. Florida should hire head coaches. Tennessee should hire head coaches. Of course, Alabama hire head coaches. A&M hire head coaches. Other programs that have run things. Too much money. Too much is at stake. So both those hires are solid. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen, I want to bring him up really quick. If he wanted the IU job, he could have it. Does he want the Indiana University job? I don't know. I mentioned Jason Candle there. Um, Syracuse. I, if Dan Mullen wants to love, if he loves coaching, wants to, Indiana can be very similar to Mississippi State. But, you know, recruiting, you're not going to out-recruit Purdue and Notre Dame in that state. Ohio State's going to come steal guys from southern Indiana all the time if Kentucky's not coming up there and taking guys. So, tough. Tough. Indiana and Syracuse are about the same thing. Indiana probably a little bit tougher. Uh, but Big Ten money, $50 million, $60 million football budgets. So, yeah, with the Big Ten network. Uh, what a pivot from that. College football, again, and Heisman, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the next podcast. But with this, again, what we're going to get, we're going to get Georgia. I'll make my predictions a little bit odd, even though I'm tipping them right now. Georgia, one. Michigan, two. Oregon, three. Florida State, four is what I think we're going to get. The perfect playoff would be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. Um, pivoting from that to this, a little NFL, Sunshine State swing. Do this every couple of weeks, beginning of each month, and we're here. Dolphins, Jaguars, Bucks. Dolphins, Jags, Bucks. And to me, I'll start off with the Bucks first. At, look, at four and seven. They just lose to the Colts, and you think, okay, well, they're done. They're cooked. This division's terrible. The Saints are 4-6, and six, and the Falcons are 4-6. and six. The, the Bucks are a game out. The Bucks are 1-5, right? 1-5 since starting 3-1. and one. Excuse me, 1-6. The Bucks are 1-6 since starting the season 3-1. and 1-6. It's falling apart on them. But they're still only a game out in this division. I don't see any way the team that wins this division has a winning record. No way. Meanwhile, in the AFC, you're going to have a team that probably goes 10 and 7 that gets left out. And this division winner will be lucky to go 7 and 10. We'll be lucky to go 7 and 10. And this is a division that's got the 1 and 9 Panthers that everybody can beat up on in it, too. Uh, so, But they're still one game back. So the Bucs are just kind of still there. The Jags and the Dolphins, oh, what a different story. As the Chiefs did struggle with the Raiders a little bit. The, you have a four way tie at 8 and 3 in the AFC record wise, don't you? Well, I guess the Ravens are a, a 9 and 3, but. 
the Ravens, you have four teams with three losses. The Ravens, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Jags all sit there with three losses. Now, the Dolphins and the Jags both lose tiebreakers to the Chiefs because the Chiefs beat them. But I look at what the Jags have coming up. The Jags beating the Texans and the way they beat them, gigantic, because now they've split with the Texans. they got a two-game lead on them. They swept the Colts. they got a two-game lead on the Colts, too. So you got a two-game lead on the Colts, and you swept them. You split with the Texans, and you have a two-game lead on them. You got a four game lead on the Titans. The Titans, you still have to play them twice, but you got so much breathe breathing room in there. And you look at the schedule coming up, what? Bengals, Browns, and then is it Ravens? So the Bengals and the Browns are the next two games. Uh the Titans in there for the Jags as well. I the Jags are in great shape. Jags are in great shape. Great shape. Now the Browns all of a sudden a little bit tougher, but the Bengals coming up, Jags should be sitting there at nine and three, with five games to go. And again, they got still two games of their arch nemesis, the Titans. We see what the Titans have done to the Jags in the past with this. Who knows what Will Levis, if if chip on the shoulder, who knows? Who knows how that plays out? But the Jags right now, I don't see any way the Jags lose that division. No way. But your one loss in this sucker from going from the one seed or potential one seed to the four seed. And that's big in the AFC. Why? I mean, look at the teams that are lurking in the AFC. Steelers are sitting there at seven and four. The Colts are now six and five. I don't even know what to make of the Colts right now. Here's this team without Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew. They're above 500. You talk about a heck of a job this year. Colts are six and five, and they've already been swept by the Jags. They've got the Jags out of the way. Colts probably going to end up with a winning record. It's one of those teams you look at and go, they're six and five. Look at the AFC. The Bills losing. The Bills had the Eagles beat, but blew it. But the AFC, you got the Bills who still be lurking. You have the Broncos all of a sudden have what, won five of their last seven. But they, they're six and two. Denver is over their last eight games. So you got, I mean, the Steelers, the Browns, the Texans. You got the red hot Denver Broncos. You got the Bills and the Colts. I, the AFC there, it's, it's not like where the Cowboys are going to go into the Bucks and just crush them or uh, Saints or pick Falcons, whoever is the sacrificial lamb in the NFC South. But the AFC, all of a sudden, you look around, boy, getting that one seed is going to be big because you're going to be multiple teams that are like sitting there at 11 and six going on the road. Tough divisions. AFC North's tough division. You know, the Bengals are probably going to finish last in that division. Crazy. Uh, so that's where I sit with the Jags. Jags are in good shape. Jags are going to win right now. The Jags sit there at eight and three. I don't see any way the Jags finish worse than like 12 and five. Is 12 and five enough to get you the one seed. Probably not. I don't see the chiefs losing three times. So it, it, to me, worst case scenario, the Jags finish like 12 and five. The dolphins are the team looking at the schedule. The dolphins are the team that should have the one seed in the AFC. The biggest threat to the chiefs is the one seed or the dolphins. Why? Because you start to look at this. The next three games for the Dolphins are what? Washington, Tennessee, and the Jets. Come on. Washington, Tennessee, and the Jets. I know they've got the Bills late in the year. The Dolphins are in great shape. Dolphins are going to be favored in their next three games. Dolphins should be 11-3. and So, to me, right now with six games to go, I think the Jags are finished 12-5. and to me, the Bills, they're eight and three. I, I think the Bills are like a 13 and four football team. Bills, excuse me. The Dolphins are like a 13 and four football team. I don't see the Dolphins losing more than one or two games the rest of the year in the regular season. Schedule just comes to them. It just does. It'll be interesting to see at the end of the year what the Dolphins are playing for, if the Bills are playing to get that seven seed, which makes things a little bit tricky, right? Because if you're the Bills, 
if you're the Dolphins, you beat the Bills, you knock them out, but you don't own one of those situations where if the Bills beat you, then the Bills play you, and then they turn around and play you again next week. That's where things start to get wonky. So, Dolphins are going to Dolphins and Jags are going to win their divisions. It's interesting. I, I think the Dolphins and Jags are more guaranteed to win their divisions than even the Chiefs are. Now, Denver would have to run the table and finish 12-5, and five, and the Chiefs would have to drop a couple that you don't see coming. They have to go to Green Bay next weekend, but... Although the Chiefs kind of they kind of look like the old Chiefs after the second quarter today, the Bucks still can make the playoffs because that division's so bad. But the Dolphins and the Jags they're going to walk away. They'll win those. They should win those divisions by a couple games. So stage is set. Stage is set. And the Dolphins and the Jags are two teams that need to be at home in the postseason. They need that first round home game. You really want the bye. You don't want into both Miami. And Jacksonville having to go to Baltimore or Kansas City. No way, Jose. The Kansas City, I think, can go anywhere and win. But if you're Miami, you have to go to Kansas City in January. If you're my, or Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville may travel a little bit better because of Etienne, the way they run the ball. But still, having to go to Baltimore, Kansas City. Mm-mm. Wonder up with this. Again, we have six weeks to go in the regular season. To me, the NFL MVP race. One, two, three, four... I've got six guys. I've got six guys, and one of them is not Patrick Mahomes. I have six guys, and one of them is not Jalen Hurts. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, first, you know, we talk about Miles Garrett. I mean, they just lose to Denver today. I, I'd like to see Miles Garrett get legitimate consideration for it, but is he? Other non-quarterbacks? Tyree Kill. Oh, I break my bar. Tyree Kill. He's got 1,300 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. He's got six games to go. So what does that tell me? Tyreek Hill can have 2,000 yards receiving and about 15 or 16 touchdowns. But if he does that, that means is going off. I'm going to get to Tua here in a second. Tua's got a lot of picks, though. But Tyreek Hill, to me, the not, the three non-quarterback contenders, Miles Garrett, Tyreek Hill, and the one that I, I don't know why we're not talking about him more is Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's got 939 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. He's got an extra, what, almost 400 yards receiving and five touchdowns. So you do the math on this. Christian McCaffrey's on pace for what? Christian McCaffrey's on pace for over 600 yards receiving, nine touchdowns receiving. He's on pace for 1,500 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns. So Christian McCaffrey's on pace for 1,600 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, and an additional 600 yards receiving and nine touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey could finish with 25 touchdowns, which is on pace for 25 touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey's on pace for 25 touchdowns and close to what? 2,300 yards? The problem is he's got a teammate that's also an MVP contender right now. So the three non-quarterbacks, Miles Garrett, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill. And again, I've got Mahomes and Hurts on the outside looking in right now. Here are your four quarterbacks. Or three quarterbacks, excuse me. I'm going to give you some numbers. Quarterback A, 3,000 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, 6 picks. 3,000 yards, 23 and 6. Quarterback A. Quarterback B, 2,800 yards, 19 and 9. So like, okay, well, the quarterback A's got 3,000, 23 and 6. Quarterback B's got 2,800, 19 and 9. Okay. Oh, quarterback B also missed a game. Or he'd be 3,022 and similar. Third quarterback's got more yardage, 3,100, 22 touchdowns, but 10 picks. So quarterback A, 3,023 and 6. Quarterback B, 2,800, 19 and 9. Quarterback C, 3,100, 22 and 10. 
Now, again, I left Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts off this thing. Quarterback A at 3,023-6 is Dak Prescott. Quarterback B at 2,819-9 that missed a game is Brock Purdy. And quarterback C at 3,122-10 is Tua. I think you legitimately have six MVP candidates right now. And you want to throw Hurts and you want to throw Mahomes in there? Oh, okay. Still a long way to go. But I, right now, right now, right now today, if you had to vote for MVP in the National Football League, to me, today, right now, it'd be Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. But, you know, Miles Garrett, right? I, I, those guys would be it. Now, what happens in the final few weeks? Don't know. The problem is, with like a quarterback compa- compared to, you don't have to lead the league in yardage as a quarterback to win the MVP. You don't have to throw the most touchdowns. You don't have to throw the fewest picks. You don't have to have the highest QBR. If you're going to win it as Tyreek Hill, you have to lead the league in receiving. If you're going to win it as Christian McCaffrey, you almost have to lead the league in rushing or combined yardage. When's the last time we were in December? In the NFL MVP race, had six guys in it. Maybe as many as nine. And certain guys will start to fall off. I think that C.J. Stroud was in the conversation, but losing to the Jags, they kind of drops him off a little bit. Uh, Trevor Lawrence could work his way into this equation too. But if they keep winning and keep playing the way they are, I like Christian McCaffrey. When it's all said and done, I like Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill to win it. I really do. Christian McCaffrey get my vote today. So there you go. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Harp on Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check out Harp on Sports, the bar there. Harp on Sports Facebook page. Of course, Harp on Sports, the bar, the YouTube channel. And of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.